Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. It's another day on the hybrid highway, Jen. How are things going in Canada today? Oh, they're going awesome, Michelle, as we start winding down on summer officially. But there's a few weeks left before Labor Day, so I'm really excited to continue to work remote, remote for another couple of weeks. And as some of our listeners might know, this summer I've been blessed to actually get to work in a co-working space up north. So I have my remote, remote site, but then I can go into town, get on really good speed, high speed, and, uh, you know, go into an office for a short time. And it's been fantastic. So how about you? What have you been enjoying this summer, Michelle? I've actually been focused on home projects. So I've been getting my office squared away, even streamlining even more, preparing to launch in September where I'm going to do another 90 days of traveling. I'll be on the go. So I just continue to flex that muscle uh, so that I can meet my clients where they are, virtual, hybrid, or remote. I love hearing that. Absolutely. Virtually, remotely, or in the hybrid space. And if I might just do a little plug for my recent TED Talk, many of you know that I did a TED Talk at the early part of August as part of uh, TEDx Dairy, London Dairy Studio. And uh, if you haven't seen it, please do check it out. Just Google my name and it's called the Virtual Remote Hybrid Checklist. And I think you'll find it quite relevant as we're stepping into the fall of 2021. I've been sharing that with as many people as I can, because even those three tips, just giving those anchor points are so valuable right now because there's so much unknown and uncertainty. So everyone needs a starting place. Like, wait, here are some uh, sound principles that you can start with. And, And then it opens the door to the bigger conversation in this incredible resource reconnecting workspaces that truly is out there in the world for such a time as this and is helping so many. So thank you for bringing your voice into the world, Jen. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, for a couple of years, I wondered why this book was just not moving ahead. And I think I can look back on reflection now and say there were probably bigger forces at work, right? And certainly it's been a really amazing ride over the last two and a half months, seeing how different organizations and individuals, leaders and team members, as well as parents are embracing reconnecting workspaces. I think, you know, uh, a year ago, if we'd had this conversation, people would have said, no way, we're going back to the office. But sadly, as we're seeing with continued uncertainty with 
the Delta variant and a lot of other things, I think remote and hybrid work is really here to stay in, in a much longer term than even a person like myself could imagine. So with that, I think that's a nice segue into our topic of today's podcast. So Michelle, why don't you tee us up for where we're going today? So let's go back to one of our basic topics, motivation, motivation in the remote space. And you're going to be sharing this awesome thing called the claims model. But just to talk about motivation for a moment, as a friendly reminder, motivation is a central driver for clients in the coaching process. As we bring together people in groups, it becomes quickly apparent about how everyone is wired in a different way, motivated by different things. So this is the conversation of the day. What motivates you to do the best work? Well, I think I'd like you to sit back and even before Michelle and I dive into this topic, think about your work in the last few weeks. What called you forward? What got you out of bed saying, wow, it's going to be a great day? And where did you say the flip side? I'm so glad today is done. That will probably point to some of the drivers, as we call them in motivation, some of the things that really get you excited and some of the things that actually shut you down. And in the hybrid and remote space where we're often working more autonomously and we really need to sort of be the fire under our own feet, motivation plays such a key role. So in the last decade plus, I've been doing a lot of work with teams, uh, certainly using different assessments, things like the DISC and StrengthsFinder. But one thing that that always points back to is a very robust conversation around motivation, right? As different or as similar as we are, what gets us inspired? What keeps our engines running, even if that's the right metaphor or analogy? So, Michelle, before I dive in to share what the claims model is, because this is a model I've been sharing with my clients for more than a decade, um, let me ask you, what gets you excited and inspired every day to jump out of bed? It's a great question. I think, how can I be of value to someone else in the world? Like, I really want to, I think we're going through some challenging times and I want to be present, show up and just be there for people right now. So I think that really motivates me and the ones that have been here for a long time, right? I want to see you take it to the next level and have that conversation around how can you pay it forward and serve other people? Yes. Oh, totally, totally. That service orientation. And I think that's something that both both of us have in common. How do we create impact and impact in a positive way for others in terms of being able to serve? And that's what certainly I think is a continued driving force for us here at Remote Pathways Podcast as we step into this third season. You know, we really didn't know where this was going to take us, but we know that as listeners, you're continuing to enjoy our conversation. So pay it forward. Let others know. I think today's episode is one of those that you'll want to star or favorite or share in your network. So Michelle, you ready to dive into the claims model, C-L-A-I-M-S, because you've already touched on our first one, which C stands for community. Many of us are driven by the fact that we want to be part of a bigger whole. And some of this is, you know, belonging, but a big part of it may be service. You know, we do not operate in isolation. And as many of you have heard me say or have read me right, no person is an island. And so one of the initial drivers for us in the remote space might be actually creating or being part of 
community. So think about how that is something that gets you inspired, maybe get helps you go above and beyond. Um, as we think about community, it's not just about getting results, but it's about developing stronger relationships. It's about uh, communication. It's also about developing a strong culture. And as I think we've recently looked at in a past episode, you know, the one around developing a robust team culture, team culture is how do we do things here? It's our sense of connection. It's our sense of identity. It's those mottos and mantras. And so for many in a remote space and the hybrid world, we are motivated up through that notion of community. And I think at least in this moment in time, as we're recording this in August 2021, Community has become an even bigger draw for many, right? Because we've gone now 18 months, some of us, uh, working in what has been perceived to be a, a bit of isolation or, uh, you know, moments of connection where community really draws us forward. Such a, an important part. I don't think I really clued in that this community piece was such a big driver for me. Um, until I was working remotely and I noticed that my batteries were running low, so to speak. And I, you know, I can work by myself in isolation thinking I'm totally content and everything is great. But then there comes that time where it's like, oh, I'm losing a little of the spark of what I used to love to do. What's missing? People. I really have to be intentional about seeing people in person too. I debunk that belief that I work well in isolation. I do for a time period, but not long-term. So I need both. How about you, Jen? How does community play a role for you? Well, I think that's why I've really enjoyed this summer, you know, being part, if I might give a shout out to the Muskoka Collective, my virtual co-working space up north. It has been, as my son put it, such an inspirational space. Like he's noticed me coming back to the cottage being like, oh, mom, you must have had a great day. <laughs> There's a bit of a, a jaunt in my step. And what I've appreciated well, it's been possible because I have a feeling, you know, we may be going back to lockdown in a few months again, unfortunately. But what I've appreciated has been, you know, stronger boundaries around uh, work and life. And, you know, in the summer months, especially for me here in, in Canada, it's really important for me to get out and enjoy nature and get in, a you know, a swim or a paddle every day. Uh, get out and do some hiking, because I can't do that every day of the year. So, you know, by going into the office, even my usual early days, um, it's it's just inspiring. And, you know, my drive yesterday morning, um, before I had to come down here to the city, my drive yesterday morning as I was heading out, um, it's about a 15, 20-minute drive out, just out past our community, was this doe crossing the road. Mm. And she walked across, stopped, and, you know, like, just looked, it was just fantastic. So beautiful morning. I appreciate those. And the next one is learning. L stands for learning. And as we know, ongoing learning is critical for success within the remote workspace, especially when things are fluid and especially when things are ever-changing. So what are the different ways you as a listener would like to learn? What are the things you're learning? What are the new areas you want to continue to learn in? You know, ongoing learning, however we call it, whether it's ongoing learning, continuous development, you know, all of this is critical at all stages of our career. And I say that as a seasoned remote worker, I need to keep learning as well. So, Michelle, how does learning play into your motivational mix? 
I love to learn. It's one of the things that that I enjoy doing, even on my free time. I'm if nobody makes me, I'm like, oh, I want to learn something new. I've also discovered and appreciated the pause that you've brought into my life of, okay, the learning is great. How are you applying it? Otherwise, that learning is really no good. So um, just the harmony of that, the learning and the pause to actually apply, so beneficial. So beneficial. And as an educator for many years, I would say, you know, learning really doesn't happen until we apply it, right? And that goes takes us right back to David Kolb, who talked about the ERGA model of learning, experience, reflect, generalize, and apply. So for those of you listening, you know, maybe on a one to 10, and you can go back and do this with community as well, but what about learning? On a one to 10, with one being low and 10 being high, how important is learning for you? in your everyday uh, work and in your everyday sort of sphere of motivation. It doesn't keep you moving. Does it keep you reaching? Does it keep you going? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. So that's the L. All right. So A, A in claims is for autonomy. And as I write in the upcoming 90-day guide for success, which is coming out at the end of September, remote work is not short on autonomy. When clarity exists, remote workers can focus in on what's important. And I think this, certainly for me as a remote worker over the long term, has been a huge driver for me. I loved the fact early in my career that I did have a lot more autonomy as a young leader. You know, my bosses were several thousand miles away. And that meant that, you know, I was given a lot more latitude as a leader to make impact, to encourage my team, to equip my team than I might have as if my boss was like down the hallway. So how does autonomy impact you? Um, what does what does that, you know, does that excite you or does it shut you down? Again, all of us have different motivational levers. So I don't know about you, Michelle, what about autonomy and like the, that freedom and flexibility to do things on your own? That's what really autonomy is about. Yeah. So I've been on, like you, this uh, remote world for over 20 years now. And it's really funny because when I first stepped into the remote thing, I had so much pain from not working remotely out of my environment. Turns out remote is my sweet spot. Um, But I didn't know it then. When I first got that freedom, it was like, well, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. <laughs> you know? I went through like this little withdrawal thing and I had to do a little heart check of like, okay, Michelle, what's that about? You know, work that out. Um, so I, I went back to um, just taking that journey and then coming out on the other side of like, oh, this is such a gift. This freedom is a gift. And then came the lens and the perspective of stewardship. How can I steward this wonderful role in this remote world and give back to others, right? I flipped the switch of this autonomy. Yes, it's great. It's freedom. But how can it be used for good to benefit the people around me, the people that I love, the people that I work with and myself? Make it that win, win, win scenario. Absolutely. And that's that's part of autonomy, right? It's, it is related to no person is an island. To be autonomous does not mean to be disconnected, but it means that we have been given responsibility and the power to do things that we, you know, might be a little bit beyond scope. So that's an interesting, it's an interesting area. Just a flag for many of you, autonomy might be one of the other drivers, as might be the next one, impact. I, what's the impact you want to make? 
As remote workers, we often measure our impact through our output and what results we get. I think this has been a big shift for a lot of leaders. And you're starting to see a lot of um, articles on this, right? The shift from KPIs, key performance indicators to OKRs, objectives and key results. And I have to say, as someone who grew up in the 90s as a leader, you know, in those days, everything was MBO, management by objectives. It was all about what's that output? What's the objective you're aiming for? And to be honest, as a remote and hybrid leader in those days, the only way we could stay on the same page was by being crystal clear on those outputs. And so impact is another big driver in this claims model. Think about what impact you want to have. What does it look like? What does it sound like? Who's getting impacted and how much impact is happening? And that can be a short-term, medium-term, or even a long-term something. So I know when I've raised this part of the claims model with my clients, it stimulates a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation. So what are you thinking about, Michelle? I see you nodding. Our listeners can't see you nodding. So what are you nodding about here? Yeah, this is a big one for me. And I think it even goes back to something that we mentioned before. We kind of live our life that way here at the Remote Pathways podcast, because if you go back and listen, we mind mapped, we kind of vision casted, set the intention of even doing this podcast around impact. What kind of impact do we want to make? And it's very directly connected to intentionality. Then the other piece of it is, well, is the impact that you actually intended to make actually happening? So it comes back to your other thing that the metrics matter. You got to have conversations with people that you're talking to. Is this actually landing and making the impact that we want it to? And it reminds me of another principle that you've taught me throughout the years. And again, as strong in reconnecting workspaces as the answer to that a lot is in your team. Ask them, not just the people that you serve, but the people that are serving alongside you. They also have a voice. Absolutely. So listeners, think about impact. Think about your impact, your impact in collaboration with others. Um, and and the longevity of that impact as well. And we all play a key role in making an imprint and impact, right? I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Yes, you can have significant ripple effect with people even half a world away or, you know, (laughs) really a world away. So uh, think about impact. And that is the CLAI. Now let's go to M for money. And monetarily, what's important? And I would say for many in the remote space, it's been really an interesting ride. You know, like monetarily, uh, money in some communities makes the world go round. You know, and in some places, money opens doors in a good way, right? Like if we think of even the pandemic and pandemic response, you know, look at how, uh, sadly, you know, new inequities have been formed in the world of the haves and have-nots, even on a vaccination level. And so it's, um, you know, I think this is important for us to look at. And for many, the driver in this work might be money. I was reading an article uh, just a few days ago. I There was one that came out of the UK and one that came out of the US, two different uh, publications. But they were talking about how several younger people to get ahead and reduce debt are actually doing two or three jobs at a time pretty seamlessly in the remote space. But I think about a city like Toronto, right? And the average price of a, you know, what do they call it? A separate home, right? A standalone home. Would you want to know how much it is now? 
Tell me. It's crazy. It's $1.5 million. Wow. Attached home. And a lot of people who aren't from Toronto ask me, Jennifer, why do you work so hard? And it's because our cost of living in this city has become so out of reach for so mm-hmm. many. And this is part of the regular discourse for um, people of all ages, you know, not people just my age, but younger people, even my son often asks, you know, will I ever be able to afford a home in the, the greater Toronto area? It's, it's a big issue. So monetarily, is that a driver for some? And for many, it will be. Might not be the primary, but it could be a secondary. So I want to put that one out on the table, money. And that could probably activate a lot of other underbelly topics, but we'll keep moving because the final one is ask for status. And I think this is an important one, you know, in uh, looking at this last year and a whole set of dialogue. We talked about this with uh, Christina Lee, you know, status and power differentials and how are we showing up? And for some, a driver in a remote space is their status, whether that status is actually being activated by, you know, their role, their formal or informal role, or maybe they're an influencer, right? That's a that's an informal role, not a, although some might argue, you know, a formal role in today's social world. So think about status and how does that influence your work and how you're showing up in this space. So I hope, listeners, you'll enjoy thinking about these levers. Like anything, right, it's on a 1 to 10. At certain points, there might be a primary driver that gets us motivated, that keeps us going. And it's not just about recognizing that for ourselves, but as Michelle said, it's about thinking about what motivates others that we're working with and how do we create opportunities for those things to get magnified for them. So beautifully said. Absolutely. Be curious, right? Be curious about the people around you. This, for people to be known or to be heard or to be valued in this way, it's really powerful. And especially uh, in the days that we're in. Absolutely. So I hope that you'll find this of interest. Again, you'll find more information on this in my new upcoming 90-Day Guide for Success pathways to thrive in the virtual remote and hybrid space and it's a 90-day guide it's a 90-day workbook for professionals in this space so day number let me look this up day number 19 is on motivation just as we talked about today so hope that you'll enjoy that and consider picking up a copy at none other place than Amazon, because Amazon can bring it to you all over the world. And that's not a plug because I'm sponsored by them. But as an author, I have to say it really has created a way to get my work out into the world um, with people all over the world right now. So thank you. And Michelle, what do you want to say as we start wrapping up our topic today on motivation? I just love serving alongside you, Jen. And I love that you're an author. And every time I think, oh, I think this next one is going to be my favorite. <laughs> but I keep finding myself saying that over and over. But this 90-day guide, I work in 90-day rhythms now through the discovery of the real life process. And so it fits so well. I can't wait to cruise through that 90-day guide myself and then pay it forward to others. Absolutely. And a lot of people might think it's only for new remote workers. No, 90-day sprints are hot right now. So whether we're new or we're seasoned, having a focus every day for a 90-day sprint is awesome. So this book is going to be out just in time for Q4 2021. 
pick up a copy, give yourself that treat. And it is going to be an analog resource primarily because as we know, there's something magical that happens when we sit down, create that micro pause and start writing. You can do it on your computer, but there continues to be so much research which shows that like the physical act of writing creates new neural pathways or reinforces current neural pathways to make them stronger in our brain. So with that, Listeners, thanks for spending time with us today. As always, do like this, do share this, do subscribe to us, and let others know, because I think today's topic is yet another topic that we want to get you talking around your virtual water coolers. So with that, Michelle, take us home and wrap us up for the day. It's been another great day on the hybrid highway. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.